This week's show is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts, helping podcasters get their shows off the ground and running at a low, low cost. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today to get started. Hit up the contact us section, fill out your information, and your show could be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast platforms in no time. It's professional-sounding podcast production done the right way at a low rate without you ever having to think about any of the production stuff you don't have to learn how to edit you don't have to learn how to get your show wherever you need it to get to all you have to do is sign up with pretty easy podcasts worry about the content worry about being creative and doing your show your way go to prettyeasypodcast.com. This is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. What the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL. Welcome, football fans. This is the week of June 23rd, 2019. This is the road to 2020, and this is the XFL show. I'm Alan. I'm Jake. And I'm Bryant. Sound a little rough there, brother. Showcases oh, five oh. and six are <laughs> this <just> weekend <laughs> in LA and Seattle. This is episode 74 over on the West Coast. Brian, are you okay? I was, I've been hanging out with my best friend in the whole wide world, Coach Moss, and I just, you know, oh. he inspired me to talk a little bit. Uh, and I, I feel like I'm too high pit. I got to get down. Are to you going to be calling anybody out this episode? <laughs> uh, I just, I just know that me and Coach Except Moss, I feel like we go way back. Coach Hayes held me every single down. Oh, man. You and Co- So this episode, everyone, is going to be Bryant talking about his new best friend, Coach Moss, who I heard you're just calling Winston now. Oh, we're, we're, it's just win. It's just win, baby. That's all it is right now. <laughs> oh, well, Bryant uh, is – he's been run ragged because he did a lot of XFL activity out in L.A. this week. Not only showcases, but you're going to tell us about a, another team – get together uh, with fans earlier in the week. Uh, lots of lots of fun for XFL LA fans this week to be had. Players coming in to the City of Angels as well. And, of course, XFL Seattle, chock full of recognizable names that played in the NFL and were very popular up in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, a lot a lot to get to. It's, it, summer's here, Jake. Yeah, it's here. There's no getting away from it. And yeah, Bryant, I mean, there's a lot of, I feel like this episode is all about you. And I'm, honestly, I'm a little jealous. Uh, <laughs> we're going to just be asking you tons of questions. Uh, we're going to be playing clips. You know, you were hanging out with coaches today uh, or, or coaches this week, presidents last week. You're really doing a, you know, a, a big time job. Jake, you're a little upset when I was rubbing elbows at a Buffalo Wild Wings with the team president. What if I told you I was at a at a Long Beach bar on the beach rubbing elbows with the team president and the LA uh, XFL head coach? 
it's, it's somebody else say something. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is fun for me because last week I was the one that was uh, a little rough running around. But uh, you didn't have to drive and log as many miles as I did. But you probably sat in traffic for as long as I had to drive uh, <laughs> running around. And uh, we'll, we'll pick Bryant's brain and, and figure out what you know he saw. And also we're going to play some clips from you for, for you fans uh, that Bryant was able to get. Uh, and some interviews and access. Once again, the league is just being super transparent and awesome to fans and the media alike. Uh, standing right on the field there with Oliver Luck, uh, shoot, shooting the breeze about some football, Brian. That's that's you don't get that with any other professional league. Alan, you called it the Comic Con of football for football fans, and it really was. It was it was great to to see the the intensity, the fun that everybody was having on the field. Uh, you're right, the transparency is is so off the charts. I, I can't believe the information and the, the time that has been given to, to people like us that are just so interested in, in the XFL and what's going to happen in 2020. And now we're just going to be here relating it back to you listeners. Uh, the XFL is really doing a great job. And I, and I, I'm ecstatic to be one of your songs. Yeah. As a fan, you got to really go to a huge fan fan event this week, a couple of them, and you got a taste and that's just, you know, an early glimpse at what this league is going to be giving fans in terms of access, interactivity, and of course, football, which is what we'll talk about because it's about players again this week. Uh, before we get into what Bryant saw this week, just want to say after last week's show, the feedback we got from our our listeners on Patreon, all of our our subscribers uh, on you know your podcast and everybody, YouTube, everywhere, really where we put the show. The show is everywhere, and. Uh, tremendous tremendous response to all the hard work we put into last week's show hopefully more the same this week but last week all the love someone jake called last week on social media i'm not even lying said episode 373 was a masterpiece and i'm 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 90 certain they're talking about all the work you did last week uh, you, th- you really think so i do i do i think well uh, you're the you're take- the fan favorite of the show I'll take it and say thank you. <laughs> it was a masterpiece because of you know we're all you know busting our butts, but also just having fun. And that was last week. This week, more great access, more interviews coming up. Uh, I also want to say I appreciate the league allowing me to wear my fanny pack on the field. Talk about access! I had my toothpicks, my cell phone, uh, tissue paper if I needed it. It was really the league that they they're very welcoming to everybody, and it, I. I had a great time, Brian. I, I'm, I'm wondering how. What about you? Were you able to just be yourself on the field there and have some fun? Well, I had to adhere to that clear bag policy going into the stadium. You didn't oh, have wow. to do that with your fanny pack. That was no. I'm no. just joking. It was. <laughs> I had my XFL uh, drawstring rag. I, it was a chock full of goodies, just like yours. But you're right. Again, thank you to the league and and a masterpiece. Really, I can't believe someone said that. I, Jake, it is because of you. It had nothing to do with, you know, Alan being at the New York summer showcase and then going to the DC summer showcase the next day. And then on top of that, having the president of LA, uh, Heather uh, Brooks carrots, none of that had to do with that. It was all you, Jake. Brian, you're just buttering me up. When are you going to tell us your measurements? (laughs) (laughs) I I know you're going to try to get out of it. I don't know if he's going to have measurements for us, but we learned a lot about the league's approach to players last week. So let's look at what they were doing with showcases five and six this week. We had a presence, Bryant, in Los Angeles. And uh, we'll start talking about your week, Bryant, in L.A. with Team XFL Los Angeles with this week's cover two. Going for two. Go for two and the lead. 
patreon.com slash this is the xfl show that is the best way to ride down the road to 2020 and beyond it's where you get exclusive bonus content extra shows commercial free episodes of this is the xfl show and a whole lot more it's an entire community unto itself we love our gentle patrons and we'd love you to check out our patreon page it's patreon.com slash this is the xfl show and the beauty of it is there are multiple tiers you could give to from one dollar all the way to 25 dollars and you get a bunch of different content based on where you what tier you join similar to the tier structure of the xfl not quite, but it's a tier structure nonetheless, and you're allowed to join it right now. Go check it out. Lots of shows, even non-XFL shows where we talk just plain old football. It's a lot of fun. It is the best way to get through the grueling year of 2019 into kickoff 2020, and then in beyond, it's going to be extra fun because we're going to have so much more on patreon.com slash this is the XFL show. We're going to be our only we're going to be our only, and, and I'm proud to say that as, as long as Hedley and those guys will have me here, I, I, I'm, I, I, if the NFL was to come calling me back, I'd say the NFL. It, it, it's as simple as that. I'm, I'm all about this XFL, and I'm, and, and I'm, I'm riding and dying with them. I'm riding and dying with them. It's an XFL. I believe in what they're doing. I, I believe in that process. And, and what we're gonna, uh, what kind of talent we're gonna put on the field, the coaches and, and whatnot. So, no feet league. We're gonna stand our own two feet, and, and, and we're gonna, we're gonna be wearing size twenty twos at the end of next year. <laughs> Riding or dying with the XFL. That's XFL LA head coach Winston Moss from Summer Showcases this week. Bryant got to know Winston Moss a whole lot this week, not only at showcases, but earlier in the week at a really cool event, him and his staff and Heather Brooks carrots put together for fans. Alan, it was a uh, great event. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was on uh, basically beach Boulevard, I think is what, no second street, excuse me, uh, in long beach, one of the busiest streets they have out there in terms of traffic. Um, and yeah, the co- not just coach Moss, all the coaches were there, the entire staff, uh, we'll probably post some pictures that I took from that night, uh, but but Moss is all in, and I think I think I got that sense on Wednesday. But having the statement made to uh, at the LA Summer Showcase uh, just proved that point even more. He said, "If the NFL's calling, he's gonna turn them down." And, and I mean, that's he, not what he said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make, but yes, I, I don't want to have to click that. that explicit check mark whenever I post the show later. <laughs> but Jake, hearing a coach say something like that, he's riding and dying with with the league and is there to stand on their own two feet, not a feeder league. It's, I mean, really positive words there by a very excited coach. Safe to say, I, I I would say Winston Moss seems like the most excited head coach of all the head coaches we've heard talk. Yeah, at least from who we've heard talk, you know, starting out from the press conference, calling out other people for, for holding him <laughs> his, his entire career. Uh, I mean, really, you can't go up there and say, hey, if Jerry Jones calls me tomorrow, I'll see you guys later. You know, you can't do that. So he he's saying all the right things. But the thing is, I believe him. Yes. You know, yes. this he's uh, and uh, I mean, Brian, you uh, you did speak with him. Is that correct? Uh, I mean, yeah, we, we, we even had a, 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 a beer together on Wednesday. So he, he, seems, he, he seems intimidating. 
Oh, yeah. by by far the most intimidating man I've ever been. He, he probably doesn't life. drink a light beer, does he? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> he did want me to tell everybody that he's a Tito's guy. He did actually want me to say that on the air. Um, no, in all honesty, you know, the, the question that came from the from from his statement, somebody had asked, um, "What was the XFL's role?" going to be is it going to be a feeder league is it going to be a developmental league and that heather that that question was actually directed to team president heather carrots and went to like can i take this one and he took it and he ran with it uh he's showing just true passion it's great to see this out of a coach and and we talked about it before as terms of the x this is what the xfl needed they needed someone committed uh you know wanting to be a part of what they're doing here not just someone who's looking for uh, a step uh, to, to towards the nfl and he also thanked Oliver Luck that we didn't get the audio of uh, for, for taking him out of a bad place. He was he was just fired from the Green Bay Packers after being there for so many years that he decided that, um, you know, when, when Oliver Luck called him, that he was very thankful for that. So he's thankful. He's ready. He's hungry. He's committed. I, I, I keep checking off boxes, everyone, when it comes to this coach, and I haven't skipped any so far. Yeah, and that is a big difference from the AAF. They just wanted, to, or yeah. you know, it appears like they just wanted to get in bed with the NFL, and they wanted somebody else to, uh, you know, to, to put up the money and and basically be in charge of the league. You know, th- that is not what the XFL is going to be at all, at least from everything we've heard. And especially, you know, everybody, even in going into the XFL, has kind of their own agenda for getting involved, right? But when it comes to Winston Moss and, and also hearing you talk to Norm Chow as well, Bryant, which we'll play in a little bit, hearing Winston Moss especially, these guys are getting into the league for all the right reasons, and they're saying the right things, They're make, and they're, you believe them because they mean it. You could tell it. it. Because I think Winston Moss is actually having fun being a part of the XFL, and safe to say, Bryant, from all the you know access you got this week and from the interviews that we're going to play today and, and everything you've told me, I am out going to go out and say L.A. right now is the most fun place for the XFL right now. Winston Moss is putting together not only a, a very quality football staff, but uh, a, it's a place, a culture already that I think is the most fun place in the league, and we we haven't even kicked off yet. I had one of the um, one of the top league, league execs. Um, come from the the playing field during seven on seven drills to the sideline and mentioned to some people how um, how this has been the best uh, atmosphere so far that he's that he's witnessed the um, LA atmosphere. You're talking correct. Yes, that that the LA atmosphere, the the intensity on the field has been great. I mean, you should have seen Coach Moss running around yelling at people. Uh, I mean, you would have thought he was going to put pads on and just start playing with everybody. He was that involved. He was that passionate about this. Um, there was a there was an instance where someone. Uh, tackled another player and coach Moss lost it. He had, the, he thought it was the greatest thing. And then about 10 seconds later, he's like, wait, wait, we can't touch each other. Hold on. Hold on. No contact. <laughs> so coach is getting involved. He wants this so bad. And yeah, I think we're having a lot of fun out here uh, Two meet and greet so far. And plenty more to come based on my conversations with, with Heather uh, carrots and, and, and we're, and we're just at the beginning. We don't even have a, a team identity. When is that coming up? By the way, anybody know? Uh, at, did you, did you really at, you didn't ask that no, the one question that. everybody, <laughs> no, no team names this week. Not about that. It's about, it's about players this week, players Good only, crisp football. Yeah. and it's about Winston Moss's staff first and foremost, because that's where we spent your, our time as a show, Bryant, you, you spoke with him, you spoke with Norm Chow and it's infectious. I think when fans hear the little bit we have from those coaches today, uh, they're going to, they're going to enjoy it. And yes, 
Winston Moss is the wild card coach of the league. He's the only defensive minded guy uh, when it comes to his background, you know, full on defensive uh, coach. And but he hires Norm Chow, big offensive name, and he's the guy out there, you know, get one of the coaches in this league getting his first crack at being the man in charge. So there's a there's a lot, you know, a lot of question marks around Winston Moss. But like I said, so fun so far, making making you interested, making you excited about XFL LA, and I think a good argument to have. Maybe we could begin it here, and this could eventually be a big Patreon episode. It sounds like, but I I've been thinking, Jake. Say say the league sticks. Say the first season's a big hit on TV and everybody's watching. Which team do you think is going to have the most fans nationally or globally? Well, I, I mean, conventional wisdom says you go with the biggest markets. Uh, but I also wouldn't rule out Seattle, which is because of that passionate fan base that's been, you know, it's been there for about at least, you know, on the uprise for 10 years now, they're going to get an NHL club there. So I wouldn't rule them out, but you, you know, you got to look at your, your New York's and your LA's, you know, we don't have a, we do not have a Chicago team this, uh, this go around. So I think that's the safe bet is you just go with the biggest the, markets. The big markets, you know, of course, I, I think, I think the, teams, so, yeah. the teams that win are probably going to get the best rating, you know, once the middle of the season hits, oh, but perhaps. When, when you have personalities like Winston Moss, and everything going on in L.A., I mean, how are fans not going to be interested in, le- at least in the post-game and on-field interviews with this guy, Bryant? What's well, that Howard Stern effect, right? We just want to know what he's going to do next, and 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 that's why people pay attention. I'm so coach happy Ron. we got a coach like that. Hey, Bob Stoops is amazing. Mark Trestman's a professional, but we needed a guy like Winston Moss in the XFL. I'm so happy they got him. He he makes these players want to play with for him. I mean, you look at every single one of those players on the field look like they wanted to play for him, and it was it was a passion. Everybody on the sidelines, I turned into a fan. I took my media hat off for a second and, and just enjoyed what I was watching, and, and that's something that the XFL definitely needs uh, to get people behind a certain team. So Winston Moss, you're going to hear from him in a little bit. Uh, Bryant. Stood on the on the where were you on the sideline, fifty yard line. Where they let you talk to Coach Moss at the at the uh, showcase. So real quick, Coach Moss uh, demanded that I go onto the field with him during drills and talk to him. Then, so, how, how scared were you? I was so scared. He, I was next to him, so I felt comfortable. At one point, he was going to go talk to the players. He's like, "I'll be right back." I was like, "Coach, I'm just going to go back to the sideline while you're while you're doing your thing. I'm going to head back." And so I went back, but. uh uh, oh man, uh, Coach Moss again. He's just—he's—he's he's firing on all cylinders, man. I, I'm, I'm trying to keep up with him. That's were you all. afraid that you were going to have to block him? Oh no! Like, okay, I'll—I'll I'll give you this. <laughs> you can ask me anything you want to. All you got to do is stop me. I—I <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I probably wouldn't have been recording this episode if that was the case. <laughs> I'm not getting in front of that man. That's for sure. So, so you're telling us in your interview we're going to hear in a little bit. There's not a point where he just says headbutt me. I want you to. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, well, it, no, I've heard it. It's good. We'll get to that in a moment. But of course, Oliver Luck was there, and the commissioner uh, gave access to everybody. And the commissioner, uh, I guess, was standing around in a scrum there, Bryant, and uh, answered some questions from the media and. Generally, as a show that's been covering it since day one, uh, a lot of questions get asked that we know the answers to in those situations. So how did it go for you when you were in the scrum with Oliver Luck? 
Uh, the scrum was good. I, they had a lot of local um, recognizable faces I've seen on television before. You know, NBC, ABC was there. There's also some some radio personalities as well. Um, and, and, and you can see that people are gaining interest. That they're about where we were, you know, a year ago. You know, understanding what's happening, what's going on. They're starting that realm of, I'm sorry, that rhythm of of getting that information. I would try to throw in a more detailed question here and there, but you could tell that where the vibe for that little scrum was. Uh, was not where I wanted it to go, but uh, Oliver Luck was gracious enough to kind of go off to the side with me after that scrum and, and get a little bit more detail. So we'll, we'll we'll listen to those two in a little bit. All right, yep. Let's go to the scrum with Oliver Luck speaking to Brian and the rest of the media that were at XFL Showcase in Los Angeles. Obviously, Norm Chow has you know the ties with uh, college local teams. Uh, Fred Davis, is there a chance that local guys like SE, UCLA's will end up on the, on the LA team? Uh, there's a chance, but that's really up to the head coach and 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 to the you know the scouts and the staff. And we don't want to have any geographical allocation uh, because I think that sort of you know warps the the competitive equity of the league. Uh, so uh, all of our players will be chosen through the draft, and it's really up to the, the head coach, who is also the general manager, and his personnel folks to decide how they want to you know, build the roster. This week you had your second uh, in the spring league. You guys were right. in the spring league twice. How did it go yesterday? How was everything? It went well. Uh, you know, it was all testing of you know the 25-second clock and overtime and all these sort of innovations that, that we have. We'll do one more session with the spring league later this uh, summer, late July, down at Mission Viejo, uh, Fox and ESPN are, are, and ABC, our, our broadcast partners, will be there as well. Uh, their input is very much appreciated, and they've obviously you know how to produce football games and do a great job. Uh, so it's all coming together fairly well. But the, the session last this past week went very well down at Mission Viejo. What about conference alignment? Have you guys talked about that with teams and how they're going to align with the schedule and stuff? Yeah, so uh, we're working on schedules right now. Uh, I think what you'll see is uh, the four teams uh, in the West, which really will be Seattle, L.A., Houston, and Dallas, and then, of course, four in the East, St. Louis, which I guess is on the western edge of the Mississippi, but whatever. <laughs> St. Louis, Tampa, uh, New York, and D.C. Will, will be in the East. There you go. Conference alignment kind of revealed right there, Brian, in that scrum. Yeah, it was it was it was assumed, I think, by many, but we got it confirmed by Oliver Luck in terms of where uh, the conferences will align. Uh, no more north and south. It's definitely going to be east and west. Uh, but but Oliver Luck uh, mentioning the the spring league. You know, one more iteration having the the ESPN, uh, Fox, and and ABC down there coming. I believe it's August. Maybe it's July. I forget. Um, for the spring league, so so, so giving some information out there, uh, and again confirming no, uh, what did he say? No geographical allocation. Yeah, that yeah, we've talked about that. How this is truly open uh, in terms of the draft and the free agent signings in the XFL and how the rosters get built. Uh, did did anything throughout showcases uh, get revealed or leaked or said to you about the spring league? In, in California last week before the showcase about uh, anything that might have happened in terms of changing their opinions on some rules that they've been working on or new ideas or anything at all? I, I didn't see uh, anything new in, when it comes to, you know, just confirmations. Uh, it did seem like they were driving this 25-second clock hard. I mean, hard. 
there were coaches yelling 25 seconds on the field during drills, making sure plays are coming out quickly. So I, I want to say that that's pretty solid. Alan, I did also hear something about a one foot inbounds will be inbounds for them as well. So the college, um, the college rule that the college rule in terms of catches will be one foot, not two feet. Uh, so I did hear that as well. So uh, there'll be one more instance of the, the spring league. Hopefully they put the, hopefully they put the uh, final touches on that uh, come later this summer. Yeah, that's uh, that's I like it. I'm a, I'm a fan of one foot in. Two's just it's you're just asking for too much, and you're really opening it up to too much controversy, Jake. I mean, do you do you think that perhaps they're just going for one foot, just you know, for less stall and more ball? Yeah, there's, there's it, less to review. That yeah, less to review. It's it just it's easier to call, and why why I've always thought why two. Oh, and an E equals two. Well, uh, How about you just got any, two of them? You might as well use them both. Any body part. Let's just any body part that lands in that in in bounds, and let's move on and get to the next play. Twenty five seconds. Twenty five seconds, right, Bryant? Yeah, oh yeah, Alan. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I want to apologize a little bit because there, I had some technical difficulties with the sound. A lot of wind going on, so a little bit was uh, inaudible. But uh, most of the interviews were talking about the pace and how the XFL. When I asked what's different between the NFL and the XFL, most say the pace. That's what's going to happen. So you're right, Jake. That's a good point. One foot in uh, helps with the with that pace and makes it go a little bit faster. Uh, the players are all going to have to be in great shape. They're going to have to be in really good shape. And uh, cardio will be crucial. And the good thing is that a lot of these players are pros and have been pros and have the experience. Good crisp football. And, you know, the names we've heard in L- in, that were in L.A. and the names we've heard that are in Seattle that are going to potentially be XFL football players. Very impressive, especially when you consider the, uh, the experience in the NFL and the AAF even. And the name I guess everybody was uh, talking about in L.A., Bryant was former Trojan and Washington Redskin tight end Fred Davis. He he was a sought after commodity uh, for the media for 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 myself for anybody in attendance really wanted to see where he was. Uh, had some travel difficulties, so he arrived a little bit late, but still got on the field, uh, practiced with the team. Um, Oh, excuse me, with the other players, no team yet, uh, and and really enjoyed himself. And, and he looked like he uh, he was willing to to give this another go, uh, just just for the love of the game. You had NFL quality tight ends there. You had Raheem Moore, who was a Broncos defensive back, and Jake. I would say the sole the man who's solely responsible for Joe Flacco ever winning a Super Bowl. Had the uh, unfor- that, and, that and pass interference. Yeah, the unfortunate. Yeah, he had the unfortunate play. Uh, losing it in the lights, I guess, against Flacco. But Raheem Moore that was there uh, and working out. And so was Scooby Wright, who's a recent standout in the Pac-12, Bryant linebacker who played at Arizona and was an AAF player as well. Yeah, he was there. It was it was very defensive highlighted in terms of the players that were that were on everybody's radar. Uh, they're all wearing the blue shirts. So uh, yeah, in you know, all school. honesty, the only offensive name I've heard that was actually there, unless you could tell us one, was Fred Davis, and everybody else I heard was a defensive player. Yeah, it was it was very defensive driven. Really, um, the off there were some there were some big guys though on the offensive uh, side of the ball. Um, in terms of drills, what what did you what did you 
watch the most the drills were were were, were, were basically your your three cone drill your 40 yard dash um you had some tackling drills as well for the, the defensive the one-on-ones the one-on-ones was what i was watching you get they didn't they have wide receiver db one-on-one getting you know passes thrown with the quarterback and uh, the lineman one-on-one trying to get to the tackling dummy because that's what i saw in dc they, they had those as well uh, Alan, did they have referees at your at your yes. showcase? Yes. Yeah, okay. They had referees at ours, which was pretty nice. Uh, for the seven-on-sevens and the one-on-ones, I think the seven-on-sevens is really just took the cake uh, for, for the whole thing. It was, it was very fast, intense. How fast was it moving, right? Because they had them separated into teams, and there was – talk about less stall. As soon as a play was over, you had to run off, and the next play was already happening with the next uh, group of players. Norm Chow was there calling plays. It was great. He was showing everybody what they needed to do, line them up, get them up there. There was uh, uh, somebody yelling, 25 seconds, 25 seconds, you know, telling everybody, reminding them of the, of the quickness. Uh, it was it was very intense in terms of that. But, uh, again, uh, very defensive side of the ball. The, the last play on 7-on-7 seven seven that was an offensive touchdown was pretty cool. Will Sutton, a former Bears defensive tackle, was there as well. A uh, recognizable name to many. And then the name that – it's just been on my mind for the whole week is Jeremiah Spicer, Bryant, who's got an amazing story. If you check it out, it's in the show notes this week for everybody if to it, on bullbeat.com. They wrote up about Jeremiah Spicer, who uh, was a, he's a linebacker, was at showcases, but his story is amazing. He went to Riverside Community College, uh, basically was born on Skid Row in Los Angeles and, you know, no parents and has really uh, fought hard for some NFL tryouts and is looking to break into the XFL. An incredible story and a guy who just isn't quitting. It's an amazing, amazing uh, thing to watch. How, did you did you catch a glimpse of him at all at Showcase? And have you, have you even heard of Jeremiah Spicer, Bryant? Oh, no. I've, uh, Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah, I'll say, is uh, I've had the fortune uh, and the luck to actually speak with the man. And he's very passionate, very um, committed. I uh, just wanted a chance when I first saw him was actually at the uh, first meet and greet with, uh, with the LA team. And, and he hadn't gotten his invite there yet. And he was just kind of over there, you know, getting his name out there. And then within the next week or so, he got that email from Eric Galco saying that you were invited to the LA uh, showcase. So a great story. Like you said, he's been through it all. He's been playing some arena, ga- arena ball. Uh, led the league in tackles is from my understanding as well last season. Um, and he's been working out with the Chargers locally here. So uh, a, a great story, a great individual. Uh, I don't think I've been pulling for someone so hard as I have for uh, Jeremiah Spicer uh, to make a roster. And again, the summer showcase is really opening up to the stories of the individuals that are going to try to make the rosters in this league. And there will be no shortage of of incredible stories of you know, perseverance of guys who were told no, but just kept trying anyway. I mean, the son of the the, the subject of the movie Invincible, Vincent Papali, his his son was in D.C. trying out as well. I mean, that's just kind of uh, mind-boggling when you think of everything that his father went through. That really embodies what kind of the XFL is all about. And if you guys remember the linebacker Sam Mills, who was an undersized, just beast of a linebacker in the NFL, uh, 80s through the 90s. I mean, that guy played at Montclair State, and I mean, it was just really kind of symbolic to me being there last week. His name, of course, is on a big banner outside of their football field, and 
you know, his that presence of that name, that kind of player is exactly the kind of player that that the XFL is all about. And Coach Moss, I believe, even said it at one point, Bryant, that I heard on one of the clips you sent sent me to put into this week's show. Uh, the the NFL has great players, but the XFL is going to have players who just want it so badly and are going to give so much more effort than he's even seen in the NFL. Heart. It's, it's, it's what he brought it down to. These players are going to have a lot of heart. And he said not to, not that the NFL players don't have heart, but uh, these XFL players are going to have to bring a lot. They're going to they're gonna have to work hard. They're going to have to compete. Um, and they're going to have to play with a lot of heart. And he says that there's probably going to be more heart uh, in the XFL than, than in the NFL. It's amazing. It's amazing the opportunity. And it's amazing the names we're seeing. I mean, if we go up to Seattle, really – I don't know if it's because I I uh, I covered uh, a couple of these guys when they were New Orleans Saints working Louisiana radio, Jake. But I mean, Seattle's got a lot of very recognizable former NFL names. Bishop Sankey was a running back for the Titans. Hauli Kikaha was an edge rusher for the Saints, who very promising injuries kind of had him losing his roster spot there in New Orleans. Obum Guancham. Also a Saints defensive lineman, and then a big old Haas that used to play for the Steelers, Alameda Taamu, uh, a Husky, also at Seattle Summer Showcases. But uh, when you think about NFL talent, Jake, that was you know getting the reps and getting the chances, but then were phased out due to injury, some guys like that would have to go off and, you know, okay, it's over. I'm not going to get another shot because of that leg injury time to find a job at UPS or something, but these guys have another shot at playing football professionally. Yeah, perhaps that's what they would have been thinking. Um, you know, I was thinking maybe since we did New York and LA already, they brought out all the big guns, but apparently uh, that's not going to be the case. They're sprinkling them in all over the country, everywhere that they're doing these showcases and Seattle is going to be no different from what we've seen before. And really that's what you want. You know, you don't want them to overload, uh, say the LA summer showcase yeah, with, and the, with the former NFL experience guys just there. Yeah, and for my money, the, the, the names that are, you know, in terms of being recognizable and I, and me knowing uh, what kind of players these guys are, I would say just looking at the roster in Seattle, uh, is it's probably the best showcase in terms of talent that we know of already. But that's not what the showcases are all about, Bryant. They're all about discovering talent as well. And uh, those sheets, we were getting them at the first few showcases, but apparently you did not get a roster breakdown in Los Angeles. The league is uh, shying away from that, you think? No, actually, it was just a miscommunication between the league and their supplier. I guess they didn't deliver the box <laughs> of the of the team rosters to the to the actual event. But uh, regardless, you, you could still see you know the intensity on the field, and and we're going to try to get that list for you guys. We'll see if we can actually obtain that. But um, Seattle, lots and lots of players going there. Alan, you're right though; it's not about. Um, these star players, it's about finding the diamond in the rough. If you go back into our archives and listen to our original interview with uh, Eric Galco from back in December, I want to say, uh, he said that the XFL can't afford to miss on some of these players. They have to find those players that the NFL looked over for whatever reason. Uh, and so that's what these uh, showcases are really about. All right. Cover cover two is uh, basically over. Real quick, fun bonus cover two. Uh, Jackson Hayes, 
the son of the St. Louis head coach Jonathan Hayes. Guys, don't know if you heard this, but except that Coach Hayes, uh, his son. I don't know if he he fouls on every play, but he played well enough in college at Texas to get drafted as a lottery pick to the New Orleans Pelicans. So congratulations to him. Uh, a head coach of the XFL has a son as a first rounder in the NBA. Pretty cool. Uh, do you think Coach Hayes let him go? You know, when he was going up to get his thing, or did he hold on to him as long as he possibly <laughs> Oh, you've been hanging out with Winston Moss too much. <laughs> Still LA hold me stands for excellence. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, side. Okay. Also, real quick, sorry. Cover two's over, I promise. But side note, I want to apologize to Eric Galco because I wanted to speak with him so badly in DC, but, you know, I had to hit the road, uh, get back and edit shows. And I guess, you know, that just sounds like. Yeah, it's an excuse, probably, but would have loved nothing more than talk to Eric Galco for four hours on the field. Brian, you got to in L.A., but unfortunately, uh, technical difficulties. We can't play that interview this week, but can you give us a real quick recap of what you and uh, the uh, XFL's head scout were talking about? Yeah, I guess I should apologize to Eric Galco as well. Uh, taking the time for that interview and then just the wind uh, really affected the audio, audio quality. But uh, we talked a little bit about you know what was next for him, uh, how he felt these were going. Um, he did mention that after every showcase, Alan, he is reviewing you know what the coaches, the feedback, you know, uh, any data that that's available to him. So he, he's constantly looking at what's going on. Also, we talked about contracts and 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 how the XFL contracts will be kind of structured for these players. There's going to be a base salary. And then something that I don't think we heard of that that's going to be there is called an activation bonus. So if players are active for that week, they get a little bit of a bonus. And then, of course, I think something that's been somewhat confirmed is the win bonus. So you win a game, you get a little bit more. So uh, a really great uh, conversation with Eric Always nice talking to him. Um, and he also talked about how the TV deal gave him some legitimacy, and that's what players really want. Yeah, the the uh, idea that you get to play on national TV every week is pretty exciting if you're a player, I would assume. Uh, but Eric Galco, you know, he, he's got an awesome job. I mean, he's working crazy hours. I don't know if you saw him. He looked he looked like a guy who works hard to me, Brian. He looked like a guy who maybe doesn't sleep too much but loves it. Uh, but also the reward of getting – he gets to email everybody and, you know, be a part of the reaction of bringing the bearer of good news, essentially to the players. Did he say if he's going to be that same kind of guy for the contracts, is he going to be the one reaching out to these players when they do get signed by the league? Did he give a glimpse into how that might work? I, he just mentioned that in a few months, they would start signing players. He didn't mention really uh, who would be the one reaching out, who was, whose ink was going to be on that, uh, whose signature was going to be at the bottom of those uh, pages. Um, but you got to really think about them. I mean, you know, think of like an architect, you know, designing a building. And then when it's complete, he looks at it and admires it and says, look how great this is. I think that's what Eric Galco is going to do uh, come kickoff uh, uh, in February of 2020. Yeah, it's crazy to think, you know, the NFL, 32 teams, each, con- you know, constructing their own rosters. Eric Galco is going to have a hand in constructing the rosters of all these teams, essentially, as as the man, really the point man for the scouting for all these showcases and all the players that are going to be coming from NFL training camps as well. Um, so again, we oh, had had the audio, but uh, the, the wind damaged some audio uh, for this week, but we do have plenty more to play for you interviews and such. And we are going to hit those in this week's hot read. 
Hey, Brainiacs, Long Allen Ice-T here. Real quick, want to tell you that this week on Brain Buster Radio, we're talking pro grabs with you. WWE Stomping Grounds is on Sunday, and we will discuss it thoroughly. And who knows, at any moment, 24-7 championship could change hands. It might change hands on Brain Buster Radio. You never know in the sport of professional wrestling. Subscribe to Brain Buster Radio on any podcast gimmick and find out what the hype's all about. Join us this week and check out BrainBusterRadio.com for much more. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! Hey, Rick Flair! Rick Flair! Pepper, Flip, Caliber. Motown, Happy, Jolly, Drunk, Buster, Burr, Tiger! I think he's got a hound too, Rodney, I think. Alright, in this week's hot read, we are going to be listening to three, three interviews that Bryant was able to get at XFL showcases in LA. We will do Winston Moss, we'll do Norm Chow, and your one-on-one with Oliver Luck Bryant, starting with head coach Winston Moss, who we've been talking about a lot this show. Uh, he's your new best friend, but what do you say we go ahead and listen to what you and him talked about during XFL showcases in LA. It was a great day. We challenged them early. They responded. And I'm tired of them. I'm tired of them. So but, but it's, it's, it's a great day. You're happy with the, with the uh, talent that you saw here, the level of play? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, I trust Oliver and his staff and whole uh, process. I, I trust everything they're doing. And it really doesn't matter who they give because we're going to we're gonna take them. We're going to put them up like we did today, and we're going to get the best out of them. Right, because th- there will be a pool of players. So the players here might end up in, on other teams. Are you taking, like, you know, secret notes and whatnot, make sure that you get Fred Davis or a couple of other guys on your squad? If I tell you, I have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> we we, 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 we got to keep that in-house. And we're just, we're, we're, it's just an evaluation process. Right. And we're, we're going to take this and what they did today and study it up as along with the other seven showcases and, and see if I, first of all, the other seven showcases will not stack up to ours. They will, it will not. And so we just got to see what happens. Okay. Coach, with the most recent NFL experience than anybody else, how do you feel, you know, it compares to the XFL right now? Um, I think I think the NFL obviously has great talent. They're, they're, they're on another level. But these guys will play with more heart. And I'm saying that the NFL doesn't have that deal. These guys are hungry. I'll put it to you that way. These guys are hungry. And so when you give that uh, recipe for opportunity, man, great things can happen. Given that experience with success and being in the NFL, what are you prepared to tell them about what it's going to take to play and to be successful in this league? Work hard, compete, and challenge yourself every day to get better. Simple as that. The, the recipe for success is not hard. It's, it's, it's what you're willing to sacrifice and the time that you're willing to commit to put into being well. Having success is not hard. you got to be willing to, to, to do the work. you got to be willing to work it. Simple as that. And we're going to, and as you said, we, we will work hard. 
and we're going to get done today. We're going to get it done. Sorry, what's it? What was it like being out there working with your coaching staff that you that you built? I love it. I love it. Um, Pep picked his his, his uh, uh, intensity up. Norm picked his intensity up. Dave and I had a great one-on-one session with the running backs. I, man, I've known these guys for years. I know them. I know they're great men, great character. We're going to have great chemistry, and and hopefully that translates over into the players where. When the players see that we care so much about winning and about each other, that that ship gra- gravitates and, and, and hopefully it, it, it leads to a championship season. What's up that beer over there? I'm a free agent, man. <laughs> <laughs> free agent beard, brother. <laughs> Coach, what about the most recognizable offensive coordinator in LA history from the show? How did you get him? I, 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 um, I invited them to the hotel. Um, I took them into a part of the hotel where it was probably And I told him, you got to come and you got to be our offensive coordinator. And as he was gasping for air, he said yes. <laughs> I'm pleased as the hell to have Norm Child. Um, he's a legend around here. He knows offense. I, I couldn't be more happy to have him. He's, he's a great guy. Telling you. How about Pepper? Pepper, Pepper Johnson is, has needed an opportunity for so long. Belichick Disciple, great player with those great uh, giant defenses, did a great job coaching wherever he went. Now, Brian, I know that we had some, you know, wind there causing some audio difficulties, but did I hear Winston Moss say that he pinned Norm Chow down and forced him to be his <laughs> offensive coordinator? Are you trying to impl- have me implicate my best friend in some sort of crime or something like that? What are you, what are you trying to do here? I plead the fifth, sir. Uh, Winston Moss is just awesome. a character everywhere you go, man. You ask him a question like that, he's going to give you a funny answer, then give you the serious one right after. Uh, yes, he did say that, but uh, I'm telling you, his intensity level uh, was off the chain, and that's why he was so tired when he started that interview. He knows what it takes to build a great and competitive football team and how many people were in that scrum it sounded pretty lively uh you know i had so i had some good scrums there with uh, pep hamilton in uh dc but that's it seemed like you had a, a decent crowd around coach moss there in la how was uh, how how was the media presence a showcase there in uh, in los the angeles media, media presence was was pretty good um they had to look a couple times for my name on the list there's quite a few of them on there i'd say that scrum had of uh, uh, at least a dozen people if not more um, that, that man with the beard right there was a local LA uh, radio, uh, Vic the Brick. I think I'm trying Feeling to remember exactly. You. <laughs> uh, so, so you had some big names. NBC was there, like I said, like I mentioned, ABC. Um, they were all there uh, covering this. So it was pretty big. I would say the, the media presence was pretty high. Listen, if, the, if, if you have Vic the Brick at an event in Los Angeles, that means it's an event. So that means it's it is a XFL LA has officially arrived as far as I'm concerned Jake. Uh I I will say I had there was media there, there were TV, there was radio, there were there were print at in DC and New York, but there were not local legends. I'd say national treasures like Victor Brick Jacobs I, in yeah. LA. Yeah, I don't know Mr. Brick uh <laughs> as well as you guys are talking him up, but I'll I'll take your word for it at least. <laughs> People not from LA would know Vic the Brick maybe as the guy in the background 
uh, who wears a big fuzzy hat, has a giant beard, and you'd see him like in the locker room inter- interviewing like a Dodger or a Laker, and maybe even they've. Pro- I think they've aired his stuff like on ESPN, where he like says some sort of way of the warrior quote to Kobe Bryant, and like says like a Japanese proverb, and then Kobe bows to him because he's so wise. I mean, this is so cool though. The spectacle really was pre- – you're saying there was spectacle in Los Angeles, which is what it's all about in that market. It's kind of coming together if in that regard. The buzz is there, and that's so tough, I think, already in L.A. XFL, welcome to Hollywood, and this is what it takes to, to succeed in this in this market. Jake, I don't know if it's going to drive you nuts to see how L.A. is successful or not based on – on, on their antics, but uh, this is the way you got to do it out here and, and to get people involved, to get people to want to come back to, to know what's uh, to, to know that something unexpected is probably going to happen. Uh, that's how you keep LA fans uh, intact. And again, I want to apologize for the wind. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we're going to, we're going to get Bryant one of the, uh, one of those, those uh, wind uh, covers for his mic. Right. Well, listeners, if you don't like uh, the win, uh, subscribe to our Patreon. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Do you need me to lend you a sock? <laughs> Perhaps, Brian. Uh, Let's full disclosure, <laughs> uh, listeners. We did not air the windy portions of the show on the normal feed and the good portions on the Patreon feed. Although you get way more on the Patreon. Uh, we are we're airing you know the stuff that's usable uh, this week, and even then, it might have some uncomfortable wind in the background, but hopefully you could get through it, power through it with us. Um, Winston Moss there in a scrum with the media. Uh, Very cool. Let's move on now to his offensive coordinator, Bryant, who you chatted with one-on-one, a Los Angeles legend, Norm Chow. Hey, Coach. Uh, how's it feel to be back on the field? Oh, it was fun. It was fun. It was really fun. And working for Winston is just a joy. He's uh, full of life and energy. And, you know, we got to get this XFL LA thing going. We, you know, there's, I'm a Dodger fan. I'm a Clipper fan. But we, we want to make a mark as well. For sure. And, and I saw you coming out the plane. It looked, it looked, it looked like you were in your oh, there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we wanted to go fast. We wanted to give a lot of kids the opportunity. You know, we can look at the tapes. It was what made you want to come to the XFL? I mean, you well, played so many opportunities that were. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I said no. But, you know, Winston, for one, we, you know, I didn't know him before. He reached out. We got a chance. There was some chemistry there, and he's a good man. And hey, I'm an LA guy, and let's make, let's get the XFL going as well. LA guy, heard from some that Norm Chow Bryant turned other jobs down because they weren't in Los Angeles. Talking about riding or dying. With the city, Norm Chow was seemingly waiting for this opportunity. Alan, remembering that we don't want to put the explicit uh, checkmark on this episode, do you remember my text message to you when we realized that Norm Chow was going to be the offensive coordinator of, of the XFL LA team? I'm, I believe it said Norm Chow, but with uh, s- uh, some sort of excla- exclamation or, or adjective in between Norm and Chow. It's a Norm Darn Chow. <laughs> yeah, sure, we'll go with that. Norm this Darn man, Chow. I- maybe, if, maybe if this was text. Did you, did you say the GD word, bro? <laughs> Norm Chow in LA. I thought I was in the... I, man, I was never a USC guy. I was always a UCLA guy. He did coach at UCLA as well, but uh, he is known for being the offensive coordinator during the prime years of Pete Carroll's USC 10 and to grab him, to get him, uh, that's another way you hook the media for sure. That's that's one way. And just it's a great offensive mind. Uh, 
And what I told him when I first met him on Wednesday, because I met him at the meet and greet as well, I said, I don't care who anybody else has because we have Norm Chow. And, and that's how I see it. Norm Chow uh, was running the offense out there, calling plays, telling players um, to break huddles when they weren't, correcting their mistakes, get on that side when they were supposed to be on the other side. Uh, it, it, it was intense. Norm Chow is fully committed. Um, looks looks great, and, and it seems like him and Winston go way back, uh, and and they seem like the best of friends. Not as good as friends as us, but definitely uh, he's a good friend of Winston Moss. This is if you know Vince has already said on the, on uh, the show and on Patreon, I believe, guys, just how impressed he was with this hire. Norm Chow is the offensive coordinator in Los Angeles, but really could end up being the most important one because of the fact that Winston Moss is going to be more of a CEO type and lean towards the defense while all the other coaches are going to have a hand in their offense. Even Bob Stoops, who is going to be a CEO as well. He, you know, Bob Stoops teams known for great offenses, pretty good defenses too, but uh, all the coaches are so offensive minded. You had to have a great OC in LA, Norm Chow, the legend. I'm just bummed there, Bryant. I mean, I cut a little bit out from that interview with, that was a little distorted, but no point did I hear you doing the Wayne's World. We're not worthy to Norm Chow. That was your chance. Well, well here, you're right. I should have. But Norm Chow is so humble that you, it doesn't feel like you have to. It's so weird because I feel like I was just talking to someone, you know, in he had his lunch in front of him. It was totally gracious enough to take a, to take a pause and actually talk to me for a quick second. So uh, Norm Chow is going to be great for this LA market. You're right. Uh, the defensive minded coach in Winston Moss needed a great offensive mind. And he found that in Norm Chow. And uh, real quick, before we move on to the one-on-one with Oliver Luck here, um, I, I mean, we'll probably air these in, in and out of breaks or whatever in the future because it's so cool. But I think it's worth noting, uh, Jake, take a listen to uh, a little favor that Bryant was able to get from Norm Chow, uh, who has apparently changed the name of our show. This is Norm Chow from XFL LA, and you're listening to the XFL LA show. So you're listening to the XFL LA show. I know you guys have already picked your team. I I have not yet. So, uh. Jake, you got to be leaning towards LA, though. I mean, regardless of team colors and names. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, with you know, with with the promos that uh, you know, Coach Moss has been cutting probably right now. Oh, look at that! So, see, the thing uh, is, though, what. We're, this isn't some big reveal. This isn't. We're not changing the name of the this. This is the XFL LA show. As much as Brian and I would love that, we do want to remain, you know, neutral in covering the league and talking about all the teams from now beyond to when kickoff happens. And we are rooting for the LA team, Brian. But uh, the fact is, the entertainment, the spectacle. The names are are in LA right now, at least for for us, and it's really exciting. And that was so cool that Norm Chow did that for the show, and uh, we, we're looking forward to it, man. I can't wait for you uh, to give us our, your next recap of when you and Coach Chow and Coach Moss go out for some. Uh, what, what were you guys drinking? Tito's, you said. <laughs> Tito's, it is, uh, Alan. As long as I'm on the clock, yes. But again, I'm not going to let you into our, our our personal friendship that me and Coach Moss have, at least not at this point. I love Tito's, though. It's a great American vodka. Come on. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go to our last uh, 
bit of business you got into at the Summer Showcase in L.A. Bryant, uh, your first chance, your first opportunity. I've hung out with him before. I've spoken to him, and he's a very nice man. And he had a new haircut when you talked to him uh, from last week's interview on the field. Commissioner Oliver Luck speaking with the show, and Bryant got to talk to him briefly at XFL Summer Showcase in Los Angeles. You know, now we're finally turning our attention to players. And as I said, this is sort of the you know, bottom tier, not to be critical of these oh, of guys, course. but they're not in the NFL camp, right? And there's reasons for that. <laughs> Even with a guy like Fred Davis, yeah. there's reasons. Or, you know, Hakeem Nix was with us and, you know, Landon Jones or uh, Robert Meacham, other, you know, other really solid, Christine Michael, really solid players. So, um, you know, I, I, I ask myself kind of every day, are we doing what we need to be doing today? And I, I think we're in pretty good shape. You know, we got still a ton of things to do, but are there gonna be opportunities for these players to move up in tier during the season or is it kind of No, I don't care what's your you want some tier you know because it, 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 it's just sort of too difficult with, you know, with salaries and, and uh, accounting procedures and all that. So you know, we may we may, you know, have twenty players per team get, get you know signed by an NFL team. Now short term that would be your goal, right? To get as you know, get the quality of the play the players into the NFL, but long term obviously you're gonna want that number to do it down, people to stay with the X. Well yeah, we want certainly want continuity, right? There's no question about that. We also realize though that, you know, we're not a developmental league. You've, you've heard of me say that a thousand times. But we also know that players wanna play in the NFL. And if they wanna use us as a stepping stone, you know, uh, a springboard. Come on, I mean, we're happy because that's that that process, that approach. I think will give us the best player. If we said no, you're locked in for two years or three years. I don't think many players would come play for us, right? Good players. And it's fair to say. I mean, listen, I'm a re- I'm a realist. You know, I know the NFL is, has been and is and will be for many many years the gold standard. So I, I certainly appreciate that that uh, that guys want an opportunity if if it's offered to them to take advantage of it. Um, I'm a I'm a look at I, I put all my things in a list when I try to put a, a year together. Or right, like right, that. right. In that sense, are you are you is your list checked off for I, the first year at least? I I, I think so. I, I really do. I mean, I, again, I, I think all the time, but I sit on airplanes and say, okay, are there things we should be doing now? What am I missing? You know what I mean? And so we're I, I think we're in a, in, in a in a pretty good spot, you know. And we're thinking about. You know, it, it all changes. The deeper we get in, you know, the closer we get to the opening day, you know, the more we think about certain things that we didn't think about a year ago. The commission, Bryant, how how'd you like it? How'd you like that talking to the man who's putting that whole thing together? Hey, that was that that was quite. I'm jealous that you've had a few inter, uh, interviews with him already, but uh, that was my first time because I wasn't around when you guys interviewed him back in. Uh, last September, go back to the archives if you want to see his original interview with us. But uh, that was my first time talking to the commissioner, and, and he was gracious enough to give me some extra time after his little scrum just to uh, to get a little bit more in depth uh, than some of the the local media here because you know we've been covering this since day one, and, and it, it was great. He, he he's very gracious with his time. He he's very transparent as transparent as he can be, and and he's honest. Right, he's telling us about these players. Alan, you brought it up last week that. These players are going to be your tier one, maybe some tier two players in there here and there, but really they're they're not in the NFL for a reason, and the XFL is going to try to uh, to get these players to play for their league. I mean, and Jake, you can't uh, make you, you can't have these players expect to be tier one or tier two players, right? Well, I mean, there's only going to be one one tier one player on each team, correct? Uh, from my conversations with him, yes, one tier one, and yeah. yeah. 
and uh, I want to just say a few tier twos. We'll, we'll go with that. Yeah, we'd have to go back and, and uh, listen to the archives, possibly, or just do a search to see how many tier twos there, there would have to be. But uh, yeah, you know, there's a limit on these things for a reason. And you know, Oliver Luck is—he's he, at the end there. Bryant revealed that you know a year into it for him, and it's it's not it's not like a routine or anything. It's changing constantly. It's new ideas. It's things that you might think are set in stone aren't because they can't just yet because you have to be open to suggestion. You have to be open to new ideas in the league. For for that reason, maybe we haven't gotten a rule book yet. Team names because the league is truly, you bring up lists there, making sure everything gets checked off before official announcements, official decisions are made. And the right people are put in place and all of that. Oliver Luck kind of revealed a lot of the process into building this league there, I think. Uh, talking about doing work on airplanes. I mean, it's nonstop and it's constantly changing. It would be frustrating for a lot of people. You have to be a certain personality type. Oliver Luck, we've been saying all along, is the perfect kind of guy to be running this league. And I think that right there just says exactly why. Well, well, let's be real. I mean, if I asked Oliver like that question in a sense that I just want to gauge, you know, where he was in the process, he's not going to come out here and say we're behind schedule. We're not doing what we want. We've got so many things. You know, he's not going to do those things. We know that. But to understand where his mindset is in that, yes, we are checking things off the list. But at the same time, I'm adding more stuff to that list at the same time. I think that's kind of where his mindset's at. Uh, Jake Allen, <laughs> convincing men to find another doppelganger better than than Oliver Luck. Working on airplanes, probably calling people over to his dining room table, you know, every once in a while to, to have these meetings uh, late at night. He, he's working constantly, and I think that's what is needed uh, to, for this league to succeed. You know, we, we talked about on our Patreon this past week about what the AAF did or didn't do leading up to their demise in 2019. Um the, the XFL is trying to do the opposite and, and planning and working hard. Uh, you know, even Coach Moss towards the end of the, the day today called out the AAF and saying that that's why we're also best friends, by the way. He called out the AAF, said we're not going to be doing these things the way the AAF did. We are doing these the right way, the best way that we possibly can. And I think that's what Oliver is really just trying to, to say in, in those comments. And then, you know, he revealed – I know you told me we might have not been able to make it to air there, but about uh, players themselves, Oliver Luck talking about – that how that's changing too. How the AAF comes along and changes, you know, some plans, but also cha- shows that there are players out there who went to the AAF that could have actually been practice squad NFL guys, but they chose the AAF over that. So he, you know, believes that gives the XFL a really good chance at getting those kind of players and other really good players that are NFL caliber or NFL types. Yeah, we also talked a little bit, unfortunately, to make the air about uh, those fringe players, as he likes to call them, where uh, do they get cut, make a practice squad, uh, talk a little bit about those uh, those contracts that he was talking about. I believe they're called futures contracts. Does, does somebody wait around for one of those? Uh, I gave the example of Mark Sanchez because Mark Sanchez did not sign with the team until week 14 of last year. Does a player stick around 14 weeks hoping for a contract? Or do they say, hey, I'm going to commit myself to the XFL and play in February? I think that's where the XFL is going to find a good chunk of players. A lot of people are, are going to commit themselves to the XFL uh, just for the opportunity and the guarantee to play. Because uh, who knows what happens if you miss that uh, draft in October? 
Uh, what's going to happen after that? We haven't really gotten to that. Maybe that, that'll be the next uh, discussion we have with the league. Uh, what happens after October to players that maybe become available? Yeah, you could t- get a sense also Oliver Luck really believes those players are there and the league is going to be able to convince them to come join the XFL. We saw in a print article, I believe, from The Athletic, right, Bryant, that we talked about on Patreon where he gave the example, I think, Cardale Jones with the Los Angeles Chargers, mm-hmm. a third-string quarterback behind two decent quarterbacks in Phillip Rivers and Tyrod Taylor. There are guys like that who are good, but they're just not going to see the field in the NFL, so why not – Go play in the XFL. And the thing is, the show, summer showcases are all – they're well and good. They're great. They're fun. But really, really top-tier players in the XFL aren't really coming for another few months. Well, Jake, hear me on this statement. Tell me what you think. The People will say, why would a third-string quarterback go from the NFL and go to the XFL when they're making so much money? Well, that's not the type of player the XFL wants. The XFL wants a player who maybe doesn't care so much about the money and they just want to show out their skills. So I think that is an interesting statement, but at the same time, the XFL might not want players who want to stick around for money in the NFL. Well, I certainly don't think that they're going to turn down someone that, that wants to jump from the NFL that still could have a spot on a roster to the XFL. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they are look, they're looking for those cusp, cusp guys, and these players, they're going to have to – they're going to have to decide whether they want to bet on themselves or not. You know, if they got to get offered multiple years for an XFL deal versus, uh, you know, holding out, not making an XFL team and then hoping to be picked up on an NFL team, uh, you know, if, if their quarterback goes down or as, you know, as, as the number three or something. So it's, it's about betting on yourself, I, I think, is really what it is. But, but these past NFL guys, they have the luxury where they can gamble and lose because they still have money in the bank. Unfortunately, that's not going to be true um, for a lot of these players. The XFL, five, six showcases down. Five and six are down. And now we go to seven and eight. St. Louis and Tampa Bay up next. Bryant. Anything else that maybe we didn't hit on on your adventure in the XFL Los Angeles' summer showcase? Uh, not too much. Just a shout-out to the staff members over there that welcomed me with, with open arms. It really was uh, you know, humbling to, to, to meet some of the people that we've been working with. Uh, and this is also a shout-out to uh, my best friend, Coach Moss. You're the greatest. See, I knew that 20 bucks I slipped the league marketing people would go a long way. <laughs> that did not happen. Anyway. <laughs> Take care of my, my buddy out there. Make sure he gets a Tito's with Coach Moss. <laughs> no, no, that's that's all just the league being super cool. That's hearsay. Yeah, that's no, the league. That the, the league. Hey, all we did was go up there and say, hey, we want to recover in the league and we want to be a part of it we want to you know talk to the players the coaches and everybody and learn more and the league has opened themselves up wide wide open arms bringing us every fan in and i said it last week i'll say it again if you have a chance to go to tampa bay or st louis for a summer showcase go it is like a festival or a comic con brian i i mean was i exaggerating no, not at all. You know what? I didn't mention this at all, but there was a decent amount of fans and, and family members and things like that in 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 the uh, stands. You know, uh, you guys are gonna make fun of me, but last year when I went to the AAF, they didn't allow that, and this is just another great step. There are a lot of people out there, and, and go, 
go if you get the opportunity, uh, even if it's for an hour, to see the intensity of these players, the intensity of the coaches and everybody in between. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And you get to meet them and maybe even have a, a, a beer or two with uh, your, <laughs> your XFL head coach. Who knows? I mean, the league is, is being really awesome to fans as they try to build their identities in each market. Be a part of it. Be a not only a, a football fan, but a member of that community. That's what this league is going to be all about. Um, we're just so happy the league's letting us uh, cover it as closely as we are, and we can't wait till next week to talk about another showcase, get ready for the 4th of July. Uh, team names, Jake? Think team names are going to? No? No team names? No, I, I, don't, I don't think yet. Is that is that all right? I, I'm cool with it. I'm down with the Los Angeles whatevers, if you are, Brian. <laughs> I am too. Jake, is there any chance we're going to see you in either St. Louis or Tampa based on, on the jealousy level at all? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> If it was just jealousy level, definitely. But uh, unfortunately, my work schedule right now will not allow it. Well, you know, it's, if you want to play hooky, Jake, I, I think if – no, there's no way the fiancé is going to let me go to Tampa. Oh, I want to go so bad. There's going to be so many SEC players there. By the way, uh, not just our gentle patrons, but – Listeners, you can check out our Patreon where Bryant is putting together a comprehensive list of conference representation at the summer showcases. That's NCAA conferences, the Power Fives. And uh, do we have a leader in the clubhouse after six, Bryant, or have you not put together the West Coast showcases yet? Well, I, I just, you know, we're just wrapping up the West Coast, so I don't have it on the West Coast. But uh, as far as the, the four that have happened so far, the, uh, the SEC obviously leads the way. And I believe the Big 12 is in second, but that's based off the Texas showcases for sure. The battle for conference supremacy never ends in college football. And the battle of conferences will happen. We've we figured out, we found out the conference alignment this week. We found out a lot about XFL Los Angeles' staff. Found a lot out about the great players that Seattle had at their showcase. A very, very fun week in the XFL. We'll be back next week for episode 75. 75 weeks we've been covering it, and we're not stopping. Riding or dying with you and the XFL on the way to 2020. For Bryant, for Jake, I'm Alan. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening. <laughs>